Welcome to the Welfare Culture Podcast, where we talk about all things Indigenous wellness. Hello, relatives. My name is Chelsea Luger, and I'm originally from the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa and the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. I'm a writer, a journalist, and mom to a one-year-old. I do my best to lead an active lifestyle, and I cannot wait to share with you so much more about health and wellness as the episodes go on. I'll be your co-host for this Welfare Culture podcast. So first of all, thanks for joining us. We're so grateful that you're here. We're coming to you from our home in Phoenix, Arizona, but we'll also be taking you all around Native country as we travel, work, and explore new ideas in Indigenous wellness. Skuk dash, everyone. Anya Abchugik, Dash Collins. My name is Dash, and I'm from the Salt River people in Arizona. I am Autumn, Wajaji, Haudenosaunee, and I'm one of the co-founders of Well for Culture. I also sit on the board of the Native Wellness Institute, but most of all, I'm a family man, a community person who's very passionate about health and wellness of our people. So I'm very excited to be the co-host for this podcast, and I hope we get Native people from all over Turtle Island tuning in, as well as our relatives in Hawaii, New Zealand, Australia, and everywhere else. So I want to say thank you to all of you, miigwech, nyawa, ehehe, kia ora, for tuning in. We're really looking forward to bringing you some great discussions regarding the health and the wellness of our people. In a future episode, we're going to tell you a lot more about our founding story, but we should let you know that Welfare Culture is an indigenous wellness initiative that we co-founded in 2014. The both of us came together as people who are very passionate about health and wellness, and also two people who are from native communities. Our perspectives are uniquely rooted in ancestral knowledge and our wellness worldview is tied in with our cultural values. And so Welfare Culture is a resource that combines those things. Yeah, and we founded Welfare Culture with the purpose of helping to reclaim total health for Native peoples and their communities, because it is well understood by many that Indigenous peoples all over the world have and continue to suffer from the negative impacts of colonialism. All of the challenges that we face today, such as diabetes, cancer, heart disease, depression, suicidal behavior, and domestic violence, all of these are symptoms of a people who have been traumatized by the loss of their ancestral lands, their food systems, social structures, the loss of their languages and spiritual worldviews. But there's a bright side. The good news is the answer to these issues lies within our own indigenous healing practices and lifestyle methods. Wellness is our culture. It has been for thousands of years. So today we can heal by reconnecting with our foods, our sacred medicines, our original forms of movement, dances, songs, and ceremonies. In indigenous cultures, there's a deeply embedded understanding of the interconnectedness of all life in the universe. And so we use this understanding to reestablish an approach to wellness that is both ancient and revolutionary. We believe that we should strive to be well for our culture. So that's where our name comes from. So in future episodes, we're going to be getting more into the history of native wellness and interviewing some native people in that field. See, the broader native wellness movement in native country has already been happening for a few decades now and has largely been focused on addressing historical trauma while utilizing indigenous healing practices to heal from things like substance abuse, alcohol abuse, domestic violence, and suicide. And the healing approach has been built on the age-old indigenous healing model of the spiritual, mental, and the physical and emotional well-being, sometimes recognizes the medicine wheel. 
We see ourselves as an extension of this work that's been going on for a long time. Back in 2014, when we launched, we saw that there were no other digital resources like ours out there. So we started by launching a website and social media outlets that focused on fitness, healthy eating, and a few other wellness subjects from an indigenous perspective. Today, that digital space has grown so much, and our goal is to continue to see this growth, to make wellness the norm. We feel that our generation's contribution to the growing healing movement is to focus on reclaiming indigenous foods and to reestablish healthy relationships with real foods. We want to share our creative ideas about physical movement and indigenous mindfulness and to compound all that information with the growing body of knowledge that is coming to surface in the field of functional medicine. So Welfare Culture is mostly ran by the two of us. Thosh is the creative director and visual editor, while I do most of the writing and content editing. We're a grassroots initiative that is fueled by Indigenous people worldwide. Since the beginning, we've been traveling all over Native country, offering workshops and exchanging knowledge and ideas with other Native people and communities who are passionate about wellness. We've worked directly with countless tribal nations, their wellness programs, diabetes prevention departments, youth programs, and many other entities. We've been everywhere from universities to Ivy League institutions to elementary schools. We've even had the honor of collaborating with nonprofit foundations and even some corporations. So we just want to give a shout out and give thanks to all of those organizations and people who have worked with. We're just really honored that so many have entrusted in our vision. And we're really grateful that we have learned so much from all these experiences as well. We're also part of the Native Wellness Institute, which has been doing groundbreaking work in Native country for a long time now. And in future episodes, you're going to hear more about the amazing work that they're doing. And through interviews, you get the opportunity to learn from the OGs of Native wellness. So we want to make it clear that while those who grew up with Native culture will obviously be more educated and have more background on these topics, all are welcome to listen. It's an unfortunate fact that Native people in imagery is often stereotyped and misused to promote non-Native wellness companies or people, and that's really not cool. So we're very careful about the information that we share, and we would never exploit sacred knowledge. Many people in the wellness world talk a lot about Indigenous practices, but fail to consult with the communities or people themselves. So we are so glad to be available as an authentic resource. Also remember that these health issues that we talk about that are prevalent in Native communities are big issues for all of America and the world. We come from a people who thrived for thousands of years off this land, whose health has only been disrupted for about 200 to 500 years, depending on time of contact. So the non-Native world actually has much to learn from Indigenous wellness and obviously needs these teachings as much as anyone else. Right now, our environment and people are in a big health crisis globally. And so it's time to make some changes. Yes, that's right. We always talk about setting an intention in our lives. And so we want to set the intention for this podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire, is to educate, it's to uplift and raise the consciousness of indigenous people in regards to health and wellness and to show why spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional wellness is important for all facets of our indigeneity. It's important for our cultural revitalization. It's important for cultural preservation, and it's important for cultural evolution. So whether you're a native person out on a reservation in a rural area or you're in the city or you're in a reservation that's bordered up with the major city, this podcast is for you. 
Whether you're a person who is healing from some sort of trauma and looking for ways to get rid of this unresolved grief, we're going to be discussing so much on this podcast to help. Maybe you're an athlete looking to improve your performance, or maybe you're a community organizer who's looking to find ways to improve the health and wellness of your family and your communities and to shift policies. This podcast is for all of the mamas out there and the fathers and the grandmas and the grandpas and all the sisters and the brothers everywhere out there in native country. We hope that you continue to tune in because we're going to discuss so much that you're going to be interested in. And I'm glad you mentioned all of those different groups that we're addressing here because so often the wellness world feels exclusive. It feels like it's only for the wealthy, the white, the people who have access to all of these different resources. And on top of that, who have not been impacted by colonialism in the ways that native communities have. So I'm really glad, Dash, that you mentioned all of those different groups that this wellness podcast is welcome to. And with that, we should mention some of the topics that we're going to cover. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, including food sovereignty, functional movement, peacefulness, intergenerational wisdom. We're going to look into the interconnectedness of wellness with indigenous languages and environmentalism and social justice. We're also going to be diving into land-based healing practices, healthy relationships, and some of my favorite topics now that I'm a mom, pregnancy, postpartum wellness, breastfeeding, and family wellness. Most of our guests will be experts from these different areas of wellness in Indigenous country. But again, we believe that these teachings are applicable not only for people who come from tribal nations or for Indigenous people, but these are teachings that literally anyone can learn from. Yes, wellness is for everybody. But first, let's discuss what wellness is. What is wellness? We hear a lot about it today. We hear about it in our communities. We even hear about it in mainstream society, social media. It's a very popular thing right now, uh, as well as it should be, because wellness is needed all over the world. But wellness from an indigenous perspective is going to be a little bit different than wellness concepts within dominant culture, mainstream society. And if we look at a lot of indigenous cultural practices, indigenous spiritual worldviews, we see that our people have already had their concepts of wellness and it's articulated within our languages. And so it's going to be, it's going to vary from tribe to tribe. But for the most part, a lot of our indigenous people have these shared concepts about what wellness is. And if you really look at all of it, you'll see that indigenous culture is inherently wellness-based. And it is understood by many indigenous people that wellness is a, is a spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional state of being, where all of those components are in balance and in harmony. And so all of these are, are interconnected and they overlap. So when we do activities to strengthen our connection to the higher source, we are automatically enhancing our, our brain cognition and when we do activities that strengthen our body's movement patterns, we're also impacting our emotional well-being in a good way. So all of these components are inextricably connected. So when we have things like healthy food choices or when we do things such as meditate, we're giving thanks, having ceremony, song, dance, talking circles, and just living by the ancestral ways, we are automatically enhancing our total wellness. And so wellness isn't just within us. It's not just about how we eat or how we walk. Wellness 
is actually multi-layered in terms of family and community. And it is also understood by many that wellness starts within us as the center, within our heart, our mind, our body, our spirit. And on the outer layer of us is our spiritual connection to our family. And beyond that connection is our spiritual connection to community. And beyond the community is the spiritual connection to all of humanity and the universe. And included within that are our animal relatives as well and the Mother Earth herself. So wellness goes beyond just the physical. And in a spiritual sense, it teaches us to think in generations. It connects us to the past, the present, and the future. And it teaches us in a way where we are considering our actions that we are going to have on the future generations. I think it's so interesting that, again, you go the world over and so many different indigenous peoples that live in such far territories from one another, whether it's the Lakota or the Maori in New Zealand or whether it's the Autumn in the Southwest or the Choctaw in the Southeast. I mean, I could go on and on, but we all have these teachings about balance we have teachings about the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional interconnectedness. And we have teachings about being well for yourself so that you can be a contributing member of your community. And so I think something that might be missing from the mainstream American wellness worldview is just that community aspect. I think that the indigenous worldview is so good at connecting the self to, um, to service and to family and extended family, or in Lakota culture, we say tioshbaye. There's this understanding that anything you do for yourself is going to benefit those around you. Really, this is rooted in indigenous teachings. And so we're going to be talking a lot about the practices, the teachings, the ideology behind it and evolving it. And we will reference some science, but our, the point of our podcast isn't about the hard sciences and bringing those uh, and making that the dominant part of the conversation. We are just referencing that, but we know that as native people, our people have existed since time immemorial. For thousands of years, our people existed without science. They existed without counting calories, without counting their macros. And so this body of, of knowledge is still existing within the communities and within each and every one of us. So this will be the most of what our podcast is about is exploring all that and looking at these practices that are still being practiced, that were never lost, that were, or those that were rediscovered and those that were recreated. We are very excited about this because we are going to be discussing all of these topics. Indigenous people have never been one to convert or evangelize or criticize other cultures for the way that they do things. And so we try to maintain that value in the way that we approach and teach wellness. So um, we're not going to be telling you what exactly you should eat or how exactly you should do things or the way that you should move or the way that you should think about wellness. We're simply sharing ideas that we have that have worked for us. We're sharing lifestyle practices that we think might be inspiring or useful to others. And we're really hoping that other people get as much out of these conversations as we have been able to get out of them over the past few years.
Balfour culture is based on three main teachings, and we'll share with you what those are now. So the first teaching that welfare culture is based on is that indigenous ancestral teachings and life practices are inherently wellness-based. So what we mean by that is that, historically speaking, you wouldn't have necessarily heard uh, Native people in pre-colonial times using that term wellness. There would have been many, many different ways to talk about leading a healthy or a good path, a good lifestyle. But of course, the idea of wellness is a modern thing, whether it's for Indigenous people or for others. However, our cultures were inherently wellness-based, meaning that the days were spent um, moving, being active, doing ceremony, and every element of our culture was somehow based on food or movement or uh, community and family. So you, you didn't have substance abuse issues. You didn't have uh, modern technologies to pull us away from our family values. You didn't have a lot of crime. You didn't have a lot of um, in fact, you had no uh, modern lifestyle diseases like what we see now that are so prevalent in Native country and in America in general. Um, indigenous ancestral uh, life practices were inherently wellness-based because they were so involved in the growing and the hunting of food um, and all of these different things that kept us whole and healthy. And the second teaching that welfare culture is built upon is the teaching that holistically well individuals create strong and well-balanced families who make up healthy, functioning indigenous nations. So as we said earlier, that it starts with us. It starts with us in our own heart. Healing starts here, and then it branches out to all of those that are closest to us, all of those in a sacred circle, in our family, and then goes out into our community. So this is a teaching that many different indigenous nations share this, this idea. And so in order for our, our communities to really evolve politically, culturally, socially, spiritually, and economically, we have to have strong and functioning families and individuals. And this is why we believe that it's so very important to bring back that teaching that we take care of ourselves inside first. So that way we can take care of our family. A lot when I was growing up, I heard this idea that, well, we take care of others first then 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 we do last we do this last for ourselves or whatever i heard that a lot growing up and it made sense up until i started becoming older and i started seeing that that concept may not be servicing the people right and that many of these people many of our people at a at a at our age that were they were not even elders were getting sick you know in the 40s and 50s becoming sick with with all the diseases of modernity like diabetes or some sort of cardiovascular disease or heart disease, and they, they were take, they were being taken away at an early age. And so it's important that we take care of ourselves first, so that way we can take care of that strong family, so we can take care of that nation. So that's that second teaching that welfare culture is built upon. And then finally, the third teaching is about the transference of vital indigenous knowledge through the oral tradition, and that this transference of knowledge is dependent on the quality and longevity of the collective lifespan of indigenous people. So in other words, we need to be healthy so that we can pass on all of our good teachings that help us to live good lives. We need to be healthy so that we can pass on uh, 
teaching our children how to speak our indigenous languages, teaching our children and grandchildren how to do our dances and to perform our ceremonies and to evolve our cultures and to continue growing our foods and all of these different components that make up the uniqueness and the beauty of indigenous culture. Because without health, we won't be able to pass those things on. Mm -hmm. If we're all sick and if we're all dying of diabetes or of heart disease or um, all of these other uh, lifestyle diseases that are plaguing us today, cancer, and we, we won't be able to continue. And uh, I think all too many of us have known uh, leaders that have been so powerful and so helpful and healing to us but who have unfortunately passed away at a young age before they were able to share everything that they had to share. We all know that every elder is a library of knowledge. And I think that um, we just want our people to be well into their old age, just as we usually were not so long ago. I, one of the cool things is that you read some texts and historical documentations and, and you hear an oral tradition that it's really not so long ago that our people were largely healthy and um, people were living long into their old age. It wasn't uncommon, for example, in the Northern Plains where I'm from for elders to reach the age of 100 or even 110 or 115 and um, for families to be functioning and and uh, doing well together and for communities to be collectively well. So I think we're in this era that's a little bit of a hiccup or an interruption of this, this state of, of wellness. And what we want to do is to get back to that. Yeah. And through our travels around Native country with, with the work I've been doing here with Native Wellness Institute, with Welfare Culture this past several years, one thing I've noticed about a lot of communities is that a lot of communities are, are they're in like a state of either preserving a lot of their practices and their knowledge, or they are in the state of revitalizing a lot of things that so-called didn't get passed down or lost. And then there are communities that are evolving. They're organically evolving and recreating a lot of their, their practices that, that are, are in line and congruent with their cultural value system. So in order for our communities to to continue in those different states of of revitalizing, preserving, and evolving all the elements of our culture and identity, our way of life, our teachings, we have to be in good health. We have to be in good health. And like Chelsea said, without health, we don't have that longevity to go to pass down these these amazing and beautiful indigenous knowledge and teachings, even if it's not specifically unique to one nation maybe a person doesn't know that much specific indigenous teachings or stories and creations creation stories or dances and songs maybe they just know just life teachings in general and in order for us to be able to have that long quality life to be able to spend time with children grandchildren and great-grandchildren we have to be in great health we have to start now in reclaiming our health because one day we will be an ancestor. We will be an ancestor for the current generation who will be praying to us and asking for guidance. 
And so our whole life is really about that, is about how do we maintain and live this, 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 this long life where we are going to be free of diseases, where we don't have to be bogged down by medication and attending dialysis every week and, 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 and living this life that becomes a burden, that becomes a financial burden. It becomes a burden on the rest of the family who have to help take care of that. So we're not shaming those that are ill at all. Our people are ill because we have been given the short end of the stick with the loss of the lands and the loss of our resources. Now it's the time for us as indigenous people to reclaim our health. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, it's really good that you brought up the value of we don't shame. That's another big um, component of the way that we teach and the way that we share is that there is no shame in being in a state where you're not at optimal wellness, where, you know, maybe you're dealing with um, some health issues or complications. Uh, maybe you're having trouble losing weight or, you're not comfortable uh, going to the gym or you don't know how to cook um, what what you think is healthy food for your family. Well, that's why we're here to share. And there's no shame in being wherever you may be in your wellness journey because there are so many socioeconomic determinants of health. There are so many um, historical determinants of health. And um, we are we're here to assist and so that's the three teachings that Woe for Culture is based upon. We believe that everything should have foundational teachings. And again, as you may have realized and noticed that these teachings are based on, on ancestral teachings. And as, in, as Native people across the Turtle Island, we share a lot of these very basic same teachings. So we felt it was very important to have the Wealth for Culture initiative based upon uh, foundational teachings. Often mainstream wellness movements talk a lot about practice and they talk a lot about steps to getting well and to getting fit, but they're absent of values. And that's what makes indigenous wellness unique is that values are at the very core of what we do. We maintain in our wellness practices the values of compassion, honor, gratitude, and love. And for us, those are totally inseparable from these three teachings and also from our wellness model, which we're about to get into in the next episode. And we call that the seven circles of wellness. This morning when we started working really early, we woke up, Dosh made me coffee, and our goal was to finish recording before our baby girl, Aloe, woke up. You can hear her in the background right now. Obviously, we didn't complete that goal, but... Now, as I sit here, I think it's really fitting that she woke up and is sitting with us as we finish off this first episode. Aloe is our daily reminder that everything that we do is for our future. It's for the future generations. It's for the babies, the children, and those who haven't even come into this world yet. And that's another value that Indigenous people have always carried, is that we're doing everything for the coming generations. We're trying to heal ourselves and the earth, our spirits, so that the future will be a better place for these precious little innocent babies. And so um, I guess now I can say that I'm grateful that Alo woke up and is joining us in this last part of this episode one because she is our reason for everything that we do. So again, thank you for tuning in 
to the very first episode of the Well for Culture podcast. We hope that you were able to take away something from this podcast. And remember, there's so much more to talk about when it comes to indigenous wellness. So be sure to tune in to the next episode. We're going to be talking about our wellness model, the seven circles of wellness. Real food, sleep, movement, peacefulness, sacred space, connection to land, and clanship and community. There's so much to talk about in that area. And for the rest of the entire podcast, we're going to be talking about subjects relating to each and every one of these circles. So please tune in. There's so much more to talk about. Thank you once again. Sapo, the hugai.